me, Keyshawn in the morning on 710 ESPN. KSPN Los Angeles. All new 710. LA's mega sports station. Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles. And welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai for 32 years. Big day in the operating room yesterday. Six big surgeries. Love Cedars-Sinai giving me two rooms. Be so efficient. Be done by 4 o'clock. Not in a hurry. But you remember, measure twice, cut once. Be efficient. And I was yesterday. So exciting. Began the day, a 32-year-old girl born with a bad hip, congenital hip, eventually just wore out. She's in the beginning of her life. She's only 32. To be able to three-dimensionally look at bone that literally looks like a pretzel, and be able to sculpt it and reshape it. Next case, 50-year-old man with needed a shoulder replacement. Bone on bone in his shoulder. Probably going to need his other one done as well. Such an elegant surgery for me because feel your chest right now. See where your nipple is. The muscle underneath that skin is the pectoralis major muscle. Now feel the side of your shoulder. That's the deltoid muscle. These are two separate muscles. I've got to get deep into the shoulder joint. What's so elegant, what I love so much about shoulder surgery, particularly doing shoulder replacements, is once I make that incision in the skin in the front, which you close with a plastic surgical closure, you barely see the scar. But once I make that incision... I literally take my hand, I put the scalpel down, you take your hands and you gently, like here's a clapper vision, taking the flower, a rose or a tulip and just pulling the petals out of the way to get to the center. Clapper vision. You're not cutting muscle, you're just nicely just moving them out of the way like a swimmer doing that breaststroke through the water. That's what I'm doing to get to the front of the shoulder joint and there's a muscle there called the subscapularis tendon yes you make an incision there tag it with a stitch so you can repair it later but boom i'm in the joint big giant bone spurs i can talk for two hours just what surgery was like yesterday it was so much fun but i'm tired but you know why i'm so excited you know why you can hear it in my voice this morning because I'm sitting right next to the great Steve Paulette right Damn now. Right. We're in the studio. It's been a year. I've been in my living room. My poor wife hearing me yelling and screaming. I'm back in the studio. Call Clapper. 
Oh, God, is it nice to be back, Steve Paulette? And it's nice to be back with you, the Weekend Warrior. Saw so many of you this week in my office from all over, all walks of life. What a beautiful thing it is for me to have this other life of being on the radio and share all the things that I like to do. My guest today at 8.15 is one of my favorite foot and ankle surgeons from Cedars, Tim Charlton, who just had a baby, his second baby. So we're going to wish him a mazel tov when he calls in at 8.15. But I've been fascinated since the Super Bowl occurred to talk about why did Patrick Mahomes lose? Or better yet, why did Tom Brady win? How did this happen? Well, of course, it's injuries. Forget about the concussion. That I'm not interested in. Although it's fascinating why we actually do get a concussion. I got some great clap revisions for concussions. But sticking strictly with orthopedic surgery, Patrick Mahomes was limping. Not because his kneecap dislocated earlier. That's healed. Without surgery, I might add. But he has a rip-roaring case of turf toe, which ended Deion Sanders' career and many other players. And you just say, well, it's just a big toe, no big deal. It is a huge deal. And he had surgery by Dr. Anderson in Greebane, Wisconsin. Wait till you hear the clap provision and what is involved and why do athletes get a, a turf toe? And why is it so important? So he was going to be my guest, so maybe think all week, okay, I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl. But you know what I cannot get out of my head? Tom Brady on Medicare practically, 40-something years old. He beat Patrick Mahomes. He beat that whole team of the Kansas City Chiefs, proving once again that he is the greatest of all time. How did he do that? And you know what it meant? You know what it made me think all week? How did New England let him leave? <clears throat> he still has it. Aren't they smart enough to realize that? How did they let him go? Well, the answer is they had a big fight. He needed out. He wanted to get away from the system. He was tired of hearing that it was Bill Belichick and his system that made it superfluous of who the quarterback was. And it probably really gnawed at him. Damn it, I'm going to show everybody it's me. It's my talent. Yes, you're a talented coach, Bill Belichick, but we're a dynasty because of me. Can you imagine the dysfunction that was on that New England Patriot team for these last few years while they're winning Super Bowls, beating the Rams, I might add? What it must have been like. And yet, in the midst of that dysfunction is success. Tom Brady put up with a lot, kept winning until finally he said, I've had enough, and he went to Tampa Bay. That's the Super Bowl story. So you know how much I love art. You know how much I love surgery. And you know how much I love sports. Ten years you've been listening to this show. Where is the story of dysfunctional living, which we all live through? The key is, how do you find success in the dysfunction that's in your life. None of us are perfect. Where in art, where in sports, where in surgery do we see the Tom Brady Belichick Super Bowl story? Ah, for me, in my lifetime, 
Yeah, the Beatles had fights. All bands have fights. But the ultimate fighting, you want to hear what Belichick and Brady were like in the world of music? It's Fleetwood Mac. They fought. They're all sleeping with each other. They're all getting divorced. They're all, what a mess, the five of them. But it was the team that bonded them. It was the band that bonded them. They, they saw outside of themselves. Tom Brady saw outside of himself and kept winning. So did Fleetwood Mac. They put together an album in 1976 called Rumors, one of the greatest albums of all time. And every one of the song is, go your own way, get the hell out of here. There are all kinds of songs that they wrote, how much they hated each other. But there was one song that actually makes it all make sense to me. It was a song on that album called The Chain. Because in this song, all five of them contributed lyrics Yes, they wrote, get out of here, I hate you. Yes. But also in this song, The Chain, you will hear the lyrics, The Chain Keeps Us Together. The Chain Keeps Us Together. It doesn't lock us like a prisoner together. It gives us strength together. And Steve Paulette's playing it in the background right now. Wait till you hear the lyrics and the story behind Fleetwood Mac and The Chain. That's how you and I can learn how to succeed with dysfunction. And in sports, uh, 1992, 1993, the San Francisco 49ers with Joe Montana, with Bill Walsh, Ronnie Lott, Roger Craig, and of course the greatest, Jerry Rice, lost both years to the Dallas Cowboys with Troy Aikman. They had all the players. They had that dynasty. But you know how they decided to fix it? Bring Deion Sanders to the 49ers. Jerry Rice, Mr. Workaholic, said, over my dead body. I don't want that guy. He's a cowboy and he's a party animal. We work hard here on the 49ers. In the locker room, Ricky Waters, the running back, said, I actually saw them coming to blows. Or almost coming to blows. Wait till you hear what he has to say. Witnessing the dysfunction in the locker room for the 49ers. Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders hating each other. And yet, because of Deion Sanders, in 1994, the 49ers go to the Super Bowl. And guess what? They win! Jerry Rice hurts his shoulder so bad he can't even lift his arm up to buckle his chin strap. You know who runs across the field to buckle his chin strap? Deion Sanders. They succeed in the midst of dysfunction. I can't wait to learn about it. Let's listen to a little bit about the world of sports and dysfunction. And I'll get into surgery and we'll do clap revision. I want to talk about Cody Bellinger and his dislocating shoulder. He had surgery and he's back. How could he be back? Wait till I give you some clap revision about Cody Bellinger. But let's listen to the story of Steve Young talking about Jerry Rice, Deion Sanders, and the nightmare of dysfunction for the 49ers, but how you still succeed through it. 
It was Joe's team on offense and Ronnie's team on defense. Well, now, of the big four, Jerry's the last survivor, and he's the biggest force in that room in a lot of ways because he's Jerry Rice. We knew that it was important that Steve be able to connect with and develop a relationship with and really grow with Jerry Rice. You know, Steve was an exceptional quarterback. I have more touchdowns with Steve than I have with Joe, but being able to adjust to him, I just felt like I had weight on my shoulders. It was leaders like Jerry Rice that said, you're going to do it. Everybody knew that if you didn't live to Jerry's standard, you weren't a 49er. Jerry Rice wrote the book on the dynasty of being a 49er. Work hard. We'll do it. I'll accept this new quarterback, Steve Young. But I'm not accepting Deion Sanders coming to my team. But when you lose as a 49er, you better do something. Rice and Young did form a dynamic duo. But it wasn't enough to defeat the Dallas Cowboys in either the 1992... Dallas gets the turnover. ...or 1993 NFC Championship game. Didn't like it. I did not like the Cowboys at all. It was a very intense rivalry. It's something you don't get over because if you care about something, you shouldn't be able to just get over it just like that. That's the incentive for you the next year. Well, you may hate the Cowboys, Jerry Rice, but you ain't winning a Super Bowl unless you get a Cowboy on your team. And his name is primetime, Deion Sanders, who had the same injury, by the way, Patrick Mahomes had. And at 8.15, we're going to hear about turf toe. But here comes Deion Sanders to join your team, Jerry Rice. Frustration was high after losing two times in a row now to the Cowboys in a championship game. We need to help. Deion Sanders is now a 49er. You hear about certain players. Then you're like, oh, my God, he's coming here. (laughs) I don't know about that. I'm going to go out there and play ball and have a good time. (laughs) I was a little curious if he would be able to come in and do it the 49er way. Because we work hard every day. Uh, Jerry, he's not going to do it the 49 away. He's going to do it his way, which is having lots of fun and partying. I think they had the understanding of this is work. This is a job. We got to come in and do it. Now, I came in and said, hey, we're going to work, but we're going to play. <laughs> <laughs> How did Jerry and Dion actually get along that season? Not very well. <laughs> not very well. Well, I knew that Dion brought a lot of baggage (laughs) but I wanted him on the team because I felt like he could help us get to the Super Bowl Jerry Rice realizes we may be dysfunctional around here but I want to win a Super Bowl and I need this guy the 49ers were on their way back to the Super Bowl all they had to do now was get along with each other in Miami Dion and Jerry had very different approaches Uh, Jerry was always grinding always serious and Dion, I think, injected some showmanship and some fun. When we went to the Super Bowl, Dion's out on the town. And the coach is talking about, well, some guys miss curfew. I'm going to find them. The players in 49er style said, no, coach, we're going to handle this one. And as soon as that door shut, it was Dion and JR. That's the great Harry Edwards, sports psychologist par excellence. Now listen to what happened in the locker room. You're going to hear Ricky Waters go, oh, my God. It was like gasoline on a fire. Talk about dysfunction in the 49er locker room. 
Jerry Rice now had a problem, and his name was Deion Sanders. Hey, look, you know, we're not here to hang out or uh, just to have a good time. We, we are here to uh, win the Super Bowl. So I stood up and said, hey, <laughs> you know damn well we're going to beat the brakes off San Diego. <laughs> if we were home, we would be going out <laughs> on a Wednesday. <laughs> I can understand if it's Saturday. But this is Wednesday. Everybody calm down. We got this, all right? That was the first time that, that I had seen the two of them, like, really getting upset and really going at each other and really being upset, like, to where they could come to blows. That's right, Ricky Waters. Come to blows. There was a lot of pressure on that team. I think Dion correctly understood this team is tense and stressed, and if they could loosen up and just be great, it would help them. But try telling that to Jerry Rice, whose entire career is based on the foundation that you grind harder, you outwork people. Try telling Jerry Rice to take his foot off the gas right before the Super Bowl. You know, you have some teams where you just go out there and you just hang out and you have a good time, but when we go out there on the football field, we work. Yeah, you work. Well, guess what happens? You're staying at the hotel before the Super Bowl, and what does Deion Sanders do? He picks up his phone and orders a brand-new Lamborghini to be delivered to the hotel lobby. Oh, my God. You talk about dysfunction. It's the Super Bowl, <laughs> and they need a story. They need some kind of controversy. Super Bowl that you know we're going to win by at least 20. And what else? what other story is there to say Jerry and I had conflict? The biggest story should have been that I had a Lamborghini delivered to me <laughs> in front of the hotel. <laughs> that was the story. God bless you, Deion Sanders. As much as they're fighting, as much as they hate each other, they're teammates. The dysfunction's there, but you want to succeed? This is the most touching part of the whole story. Jerry Rice is being Jerry Rice, catching every ball, winning the Super Bowl, beating the San Diego Chargers. But his shoulder is so badly injured he can't even he can't even snap his chin strap. He's not coming off the field. But who runs across the field to snap his chin strap? The very guy he's fighting with because they're both teammates. Love it. Deion Sanders snapped it. Once the Super Bowl started, the only story was how dominant the 49ers were. Rice caught 10 passes for 149 yards and three touchdowns, despite injuring his shoulder. The injury was so bad, he needed help from a teammate to buckle his chin strap. That teammate was Deion Sanders. This is how you succeed in the midst of dysfunction for all of us. Coming up next, you're going to hear it in the art world, in the world of music. One of the greatest stories of success in the midst of dysfunction. And we'll get into where I saw it in the world of surgery as well. The number is 877-710-ESPN. The clinic will be open. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Miss an interview or Doc's weekly story? 
Check it out on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Also, Doc's advice to callers on their aches and pains. Just type Weekend Warrior in the Facebook search bar, and you'll see Doc's picture in the listings. And thanks for checking out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. <laughs> We're stuck here. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Don't listen to them. Don't even listen to Betty Crocker when she tells you how many minutes the brownies should cook in the oven. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. That's Fleawood Mac from the album Rumors. If you don't love me now, you'll never love me again. These are biting words in these lyrics. You want to hear what dysfunction sounds like? Listen to the lyrics in these songs that are some of the most iconic songs from the 70s. And yet, success. Dysfunction and success. This is what it sounds like. This is what it sounds like with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. This is what it sounds like with Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders. Wherever you see dysfunction that leads to success, Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, who even knows what happened with Phil Jackson and Jerry West, it's this. Dan Rather sat down with Lindsey Buckingham from the Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac and said, "You wrote this song about Stevie Nicks, your lover, your girlfriend. You wrote a song, go your own way. Get out of here." What did you mean by that? Listen to what Lindsey Buckingham said. You wrote among other things, "Go your own way" and secondhand news. Mm-hmm. What were you saying to Stevie? Well, I think both of those are basically saying, hey, you know, um, I'm, I'm resigned to whatever happens, but, you know, it's a damn shame. Uh, it, and it's, it's not what I want. It's not what I want. Go your own way. Secondhand news. That's another song he wrote. I'm just secondhand news. I think that's that's really about it, you know. Uh, actually, secondhand news, at least it has a little bit of tongue-in-cheek humor in it where, because it's basically saying, as a contingency, if you ever get lonely, you know, uh, um, I, I'm, I'm always willing to proposition you. <laughs> I'm The creativity, the fire, you know, the Great Depression, right, started in October 1929. You look back, some of the greatest Broadway shows of all time, musicals, Broadway, creativity, they were written during the Depression, during the Great Depression. Eric Clapton sings the blues, plays the guitar better, my opinion, than anybody else. Eric Clapton can do that because 
he's lived the blues. One day, he's 16 years old, he finds out the person he thinks is his sister is actually his mother. He has no idea. Then later in life, has a little boy, Connor, who walks out a window in, in Manhattan and plunges to his death, losing a child. Trust me, you have those events happen in your life, you can sing the blues. There's somehow energy that comes with this. It's dysfunction. It's awful. But if you want to be a great quarterback, you better have a chip on your shoulder where people told you, hey, you're the 199th pick. You ain't good enough to be in the real draft. You tell that to Tom Brady. You wonder why he still wants to play all these years later. You turn that negative into a positive. This story of Fleetwood Mac is just incredible. Fleetwood Mac were at their wits end in 1976. Christine and John McVie were in the middle of a messy divorce and not on speaking terms outside the studio. Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham were in the midst of a tumultuous on-again, off-again relationship and Mick Fleetwood was separating from his wife too. On top of this, some members were nursing serious cocaine addictions and the media was hounding the band non-stop. Somehow, amidst all this pressure, the band managed to record one of the greatest albums of all time, Rumors. Mm. I'm giving a shout out to the great Ben Lyons and Jeffrey Lyons, who I know are listening right now. We love you. We miss you. Shout out from Steve Paulette and Dr. Clapper. Let's keep going with the album Rumors, how dysfunction and success are interconnected. Rumors is an album loaded with classics front to back. It produced four incredible singles that still get airplay today and has allegedly sold 40 million copies. Perhaps part of the reason for this album's success is its universal appeal. We've all been through breakups and the album speaks to that. Lyrically, it's an airing of grievances about lovers from start to finish. Go your own way. That's all that that means. I've had enough. Leave me alone. But listen to the passion, the creativity that that dysfunction brings out of somebody. In songs like Go Your Own Way, you can hear the tension in the band through the lyrics, but the music is incredibly inspiring and upbeat. Much of the album sounds like this. Band members taking shots at each other over top of jaunty tunes and happy harmonies. But there is a song on this album that takes us behind the curtain of dysfunction and success and shows us the bright side and how to utilize that negative energy in a positive way. And that song is The Chain, which is on the B side of the album. And why is it significant? because this is the only song that all five members of the band contributed lyrics to. So they all got a chance to write, I hate you, get out of here, but listen to what they did. But halfway through the album, we encounter something different. The album's B-side opens with The Chain, the only track on the entire album to feature writing credits from all five band members. Instead of the upbeat rock that has dominated the album, 
The chain starts out dark and mysterious, heavy with tension. The verses are full of venom and frustration, but the chorus hints at what's to come when it name drops the chain. For two verses and choruses, the song hangs in these tense emotions. And then we hit a drastic shift. Everything drops out and we hear a now iconic bass riff. And you want to hear probably what that locker room sounded like with Deion Sanders and Jerry Rice. Dysfunction. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady screaming at each other. Well, if you're a musician, can you make a guitar sound like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you? Yeah. Listen to this guitar lick that Lindsey Buckingham comes up with for the chain. The keep me there lick builds tension and it grows to a breaking point where Buckingham explodes into an emotional guitar solo, a release of the anger and frustration that the band have with each other. Here it is. It's like go away and never come back. But the problem is I want you to come back because if you don't come back, we can't be a team. We can't be a band. We will not succeed with something that's bigger than the two of us. Finally, we reach the climactic outro with the repetition of two phrases. Chain keeping us together but we're also running in the shadows. That's the beautiful lyric. The band harmonize as they sing about unity, but beneath they have this undercurrent. They're running in the shadows. The darkness is all around them. These lyrics are the essence of the song. Despite the tensions in the band, despite the media pressure outside of the band, the chain is keeping the band together. At its heart, the chain is the music, the connection that brought those five members together and held them strong up until this point. The New England Patriot team kept Belichick and Brady together until he could take it no more. The 49er team, that West Coast offense, that Bill Walsh, that mentality kept them together. And in the case of Fleetwood Mac, they made some of the greatest music together. It's an intense statement, a dark and desperate unity amidst an album full of bright discord. The song continues to repeat, echoing as it fades out. Everything about the chain mimics the band's life. At a time when the group was fragmented and kept together only by their music, the song structurally pulled together pieces from each of their creative minds. But, but a chain is a paradox. It can link you together with strength but it can also be something that imprisons you. By hearkening back to a song from Buckingham Knicks, the band reveals the pain they're feeling for the better times that they've passed. Even the very nature of chains reflects the band. They're a symbol of strength and togetherness, but at the same time, chains can be imprisonment. Fleetwood Mac is being torn apart by being forced to work together, yet they know they're creating something absolutely transcendent. Torn apart 
and yet have to work together. I sculpt in marble, Michelangelo's stone. I have to destroy the rock in order to create something. That's what life is. Nothing but contrasts. They don't make sense. The Greeks realize tragedy and comedy come together. Growing from bits of three different songs and ideas from all five band members, the chain tells an important message. Fleetwood Mac, the band, was more important than any one individual possibly could be. And thanks to the strength of the chain and the music that it helped them create, the band will live on forever. That's right. You've got to succeed with that dysfunction, despite that dysfunction. Let's open up the clinic, Steve Paulette. Let's talk about what I love to do each week. I'll take you into the operating room. The number's eight. <laughs> the number's eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. This week I did two things. I found the greatest tri-tip sandwich I've ever had. The hell yeah! Oh yeah. You got to drive to it. It's in the northern part of the valley. I'll tell you where it is in Simi Valley. It's the greatest, and this place has been there since 1968. But I also want to talk to you about wearing a flannel shirt this week. And why did I do that? Coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Wear Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Dr. Clapper says, measure twice, cut once. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Il Dr. Clapper dice, misura due volte, taglia una sola volta. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. That's what I did. I went my own way and got the hell out of Far Rockaway, New York, and parachuted into some of the most beautiful waves you can ever surf. God, was it great last Sunday. Dr. Clapper. I caught two waves. I caught a lot more than two waves, but two of the waves I caught, I rode that wave as long as a football field. And it was big. If I go down to face it out wave too far to the bottom, that whole wave way over my head could take me out. So surfers use the term, you have to draw a line. You have to look. Look off the, the nose of your board. Look at the future. 
Do I want to go horizontal, parallel? Do I want to go down and get speed? Or do I actually want to point the nose of my board and go up? Because if I go up, I won't get crushed by that wave. And I can ride it for a longer period of time. At this point in my life, I'm not interested in speed. I'm interested in the soul that I get from surfing and riding the wave. I want to be on that wave as long as possible. And I rode these two waves as long as they would have me. And when I paddled back out to the lineup, past the breaking water, there was my friend Ed with a big smile on his face. He said, damn it, Robbie, you rode that wave all the way to the staircase. I said, yes, I did. And then I looked at the horizon and said, God, I'm ready for another one. <laughs> Hello there. Oh, man. That's where you see God, for me, is in the ocean and in the operating room. Two places I get to spend time. I'm a lucky man. We'll talk about the luck I had finding the best tri-tip barbecue sandwich ever. And on the menu for 50 cents, you can get something called jalapeno chips. You just got to say chips and I'm already happy, let alone jalapeno. My mouth is watering already at 7 o'clock in the morning. I can't wait to have one of these sandwiches again. So good. But I'll tell you where it is coming up a little bit later. The number is 877-710-ESPN. The lines are lit up. Let's take a call. Steve Paulette. open up the clinic. Let's go to John in L.A. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Doc. How's it going? Big fan. Um, Thank you. I, uh, How young are you? What do you do for a living? 29. I'm a medical device sales rep. Get out of here. What do you sell? <laughs> Knees and hips. No way. Not for me. Yeah. You don't sell them to me, do you? No, not, <laughs> no, not for you. I've never met you. Oh, all right. You'd have not a lot yet, of anyway. you'd have a lot of business if you sold it to me. Trust me. <laughs> I'm sure I would. I'm <laughs> sure I would. I'll have to come through at some point. That's right. Uh, question for you. Uh, so I've experienced for the last couple of years. It's almost like some type of a hip click um, that started out as like groin tightness on my right side, and it's just gotten worse and worse. Um, at some point, I remember I really, really pushed it in terms of, like, wanting to stretch it to just get a release from that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I felt like a crackle or a pop. Um, and I'm not really sure what that is. But ever since then, um, it's kind of just trickled down. I think, it's, I think it has some effect on the rest of my leg because it's messing with my knee as well. Yes. And um, I experience it when I'm surfing mostly, when I'm in the water. And, I'm, you know, when you're paddling and you've got your legs up in the back, Mm-hmm. Your knees slightly flexed. Yes. On my right side, it, it starts aching really bad, and I'm curious if you could tell me anything about that, or if I have some ligament damage, or I really don't know how to tell. There's a book I wrote with Lindy Yui called "Heal Your Hips." You should get a copy. I give the money to the homeless. It's for a good cause, and it's a true pleasure of mine to write books with Lindy Yui because. You want two things in your life. You're only 29. You got your whole life ahead of you. You want Here's some advice from an old man. You want two things with your life. You want things that are priceless, and you want things that are timeless. For me, I find timeless 
in sculpting in marble and in writing books. Even this radio show, yeah, they'll put it on a podcast, but it goes into the ether. You write a book, it lasts forever. You sculpt in marble, it lasts forever. And things that are priceless, I want you to get married, have kids, and look at the glint of the eye of your grandchild one day. Trust me, that's something that's priceless. Those are the things that you want in life. But in this book, on page 50, you're going to see a drawing, and I love art, you're going to see a drawing of that muscle in front of your thigh called the quadriceps muscle. Quad because it's four. Four muscles coming together to embrace the patella, the kneecap, to allow you to extend your knee. That's where they attach. Those four muscles attach to the kneecap, and they're powerful. But they also, like any muscle, start someplace too. Where does the quadricep muscle, the most powerful of them all, the rectus femoris muscle, the one that comes right down the center of your quad muscle, where does it originate from? Now, most muscles anchor themselves, originate from bone, right? There's two ends. There's an origin and there's an insertion of a muscle in a tendon. It anchors itself to bone. So the answer would be, if this was a multiple choice question, bone, right? Yes, but that would only be half the correct answer. Because what's so beautiful and unique, which is why I love anatomy so much and just love the design of how our body is built and the only way you get to learn about it is by being a doctor, being a surgeon. If you look carefully, and you'll see it in the drawing on page 50 of this book, the rectus femoris, the most powerful muscle of the quadricep that lets you move your knee, extend it, has half of it, it's called the reflected head, the half of it, the deep half, goes deep. And guess where it originates from? It originates from the front of the hip capsule. So, so many patients come to me where they've gone to someone else who did knee surgery, believe it or not, on them. Because, yeah, you take an MRI, sure, you got a meniscus tear. And the, the sports genius scopes their knee. Guess what? They still have pain. You know why? Because their knee pain came from their hip joint. And so you beautifully, John, are describing the capsule of your hip joint, the origin of the rectus femoris. Your groin pain is coming from a 29, even though yesterday I, I said I did a hip replacement on a 32-year-old, rare, but what is common at age 29 is a labral tear. The meniscus of the hip is called the labrum, and it's usually due to a mismatch the ball being too big for the socket, the socket being too big for the ball in terms of how we're created. You've had pain, John, long enough that it's time for information. I'm not saying surgery. And please, don't let anybody stick cortisone, stem cells, any cockamamie needle into your hip joint. You need an exam. You should have an x-ray. And you, young man, should have an MRI. And it'll be my pleasure. We can meet on the radio if you want. Go get an MRI. Have the report in front of you. You call next week. I will tell Steve Paulette, like I'll tell him right now, move this guy to the front of the list of the clinic, and I will break down your MRI report with Clapper Vision so you'll understand exactly what's going on. How's that? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm near MRI machines all day anyway, so no, you I need figured to, I should get, get go, in there sometimes. You need to go get one. You do not need dye injected, which is painful and, in my opinion, unnecessary. You get a, a regular okay. MRI. Now, you, John, are a total stranger to me. 
I need you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. You got it, doctor. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll call you back in in a week or so. Yes. God bless you, John. And keep doing what you do. We need you out there. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. We'll pay some bills. Why did I wear a flannel shirt today? I'll give you a hint. My father, Abraham Clapper. I'm not going to say he had a closet full of them because he didn't. We didn't have any money. He had one, two, maybe. And he wore that shirt every single day. Flannel shirts mean a lot to me, and I'll tell you why. Coming up next, you're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. My mother is felling in heaven right now when you say that. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm Belly Slater. Thank you. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. I was in the operating room yesterday. Forgot what song we were playing. Oh, I know. It was Donna Summer. Because, you know, I'm 63 years old. Donna Summer meant a lot to me. Torturing these poor millennials in the operating room. I just love it. Please, please put on the chain smokers. Please, please put on something that we can relate. Bruno Mars, anything. No, we're going to listen to Donna Summers right now. I love it. And then she starts in with ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. I said, you know why this song is so moving? But it's it's when I listen to this Fleetwood Maximum, same thing. If I took a stethoscope, which many of you probably have never actually put to your ears, a stethoscope, and go listen to your very own heart. Forget about your spouse's heart or your kid's heart. Your own heart. You can actually listen to your own heart when you put the stethoscope on. And you know what you hear? You hear, ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. Well, when you write a song like this, ba-da-boom, ba-da-boom, this is a heartbeat. And if your heart is beating like this, and the song is beating like this, you got two tuning forks in the room vibrating with each other. And that's why it touches you so deeply. And then you add to that that soothing voice. That's like someone hugging your heart. And how did they enter? Through your ears. Go figure that one out. 
There's a few ways to get to your heart. Through your eyes, through your ears, and in my case, through my mouth. Through your tongue, through the taste. I love watching that guy on the Food Channel, Guy Fieri. He talks about when you go to barbecue, you look for that smoke that can penetrate the meat itself. And you can see it in the meat. It goes that deep. I don't know what the hell he's talking about, except he loves pointing it out on the TV show. Well, I went to this barbecue place in Simi Valley. My mouth is watering already. I can't even speak. Yeah, you can barbecue chicken. You can barbecue ribs. Have a have a party. Have fun. Hamburgers, cheeseburgers. Do whatever you want on the barbecue. But for me, and we didn't have this in New York. We didn't have tri-tip in New York. Tri-tip is from California. I think the cows out here are the only cows that have a tri-tip. I wonder what the tri is for. Try like triathlon? Like a tricycle? When you're Jewish, you don't spell try T-R-I. You spell it T-R-Y, because we're always trying to do things. Maybe that's how it's spelled. It's a tri-tip. It's trying to be a tip. But this meat is amazing. This part of the cow. And you barbecue it, and you see the depth of the barbecue in it. The, it's so moist. It's like butter. But the best is, there's a parking lot. Guess what? It's free. I love free parking. I don't want to deal with a valley person or parking. I have to be. Free parking lot. You park the car. You get out of the car. Guess what you immediately smell? The barbecue. It starts to, it's like a wafing cloud over the parking lot. You're getting out of your car and you already go, okay, I, I can't wait. And I went at the appropriate time. I went like at 3 o'clock. So people aren't having lunch. They're not having dinner yet. It was great. Boom, right up there. There it is. A tri-tip sandwich. And I'm looking at the rest of the menu. Coleslaw. They make great coleslaw. The right amount of vinegar. The right amount of sugar. The right amount of mayonnaise. And you got to have shredded carrots along with the cabbage in the coleslaw, my opinion. They make their own barbecue sauce. And get yourself a tri-tip sandwich with jalapeno chips. Where's the place in Simi Valley? It's called Green Acres, and it's been there since 1968. Go there. And go on Twitter and tell me you loved it. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm almost at 18,000 followers. I don't know if that's a lot or a little, but it seems like a lot. Seems like I can fill Staples Center. 18,000 followers. The tri-tip sandwich at Green Acres. And flannel shirts. Let me tell you about flannel shirts. Wednesday, I did six cases. Yesterday, I did six cases. So thank God bless Cedars. They gave me two rooms on both days this week. Thank you, Brian Long for... Not Brian. Brian Croft. Brian Long's from the radio. But I am back in action at Cedars. And one of the things that they're doing to still restrict how many people can be in a room at the same time is I get to eat lunch now outside. 
which is great. I mean, I'm in the operating room all day. I get to actually leave, take a break for lunch, and eat outside. I've never done this before in 32 years. It's unbelievable. So I go outside on this patio, one of the main OR buildings, and I sit down to eat the lunch that my, God bless my wife, has made for me. Now, if you remember Wednesday, it rained on Wednesday. It was cold on Wednesday. But I looked out the window, and there was a a moment for about a half an hour at lunchtime, like 11.30 on Wednesday, where it wasn't raining, and the sun actually came out. Still freezing cold. But I went outside. I'm from New York. None of this cold bothers me. I sit down. I open up my lunch, and I look. At another table away from me is one of the workers from the hospital, and he's wearing a flannel shirt. And it was a sight to behold for me because I looked at this big bruiser of a guy, calluses on his fingers. I'm so embarrassed that I'm a surgeon because I don't have calluses on my fingers like my dad had. I wear gloves so I don't get calluses. But I just love shaking people's hands where there's calluses in their hands because they work hard. They're mechanics. They're carpenters. They're plumbers. They work with their hands. I just love it. I'm just used to that. And he had calluses on his hands, and he had a flannel shirt. And it made me say to myself, yep, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wear a flannel shirt. Thursday morning, I got up. It was freezing cold. I went into my closet. I got one. I put my flannel shirt on. I got nine people working for me in the office. I showed up to work with my white coat. Instead of scrubs underneath, I had a flannel shirt on. My physician assistant, my nurse, my office, they look, they go, Dr. Clapper, what, what, what are you wearing? I said, a flannel shirt. A flannel shirt under your white coat? When, we've never seen you like this. And the best part was I saw patients on Thursday. Two of the patients that I saw in their room. We're wearing flannel shirts. I said to Sandy Lee, my PA, you see, it's time to wear a flannel shirt. The word is out. It's the greatest. You don't get to wear it much in Los Angeles. But what a week I had. I surfed giant waves. The next day, I had the greatest tri-tip sandwich. And during the week, having so much fun doing surgery, eating lunch with a flannel shirt. And? Loving it. And loving it. And that is why I am very capable of talking about dysfunction and success. Because that's what my life is. Dysfunction leading to success. Dr. Clapper. And you don't want to miss it. 815, my guest. Love him to death. One of the best foot and ankle surgeons in town. The great Tim Charlton is going to join us. Because we're going to talk about what exactly happened to Patrick Mahomes. What happened to Deion Sanders' career ending turf toe? What exactly is that? Well, it's what Patrick Mahomes had surgery for. And I have a great clapper vision for what that is. And it involves a hot dog in a bun where you put too much sauerkraut on and made the bottom of the bun too wet. So you went to pick up the hot dog to bite it, and the hot dog dropped out at the bottom of the bun. Well, if your bone in your toe, big toe, is the hot dog, 
the abductor, adductor muscles that surround it is like the bun. Turf toe is when the hot dog plops out the bottom of the bun because it's too wet and it's painful. We'll get into it, though, at 8.15 with the greatest, Dr. Tim Charlton. Coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories, though, about succeeding in the midst of dysfunction because that's what the Super Bowl meant to me. Tom Brady had to leave New England to go do it in Tampa Bay, and he did it. But what dysfunction must have taken place in New England for them to let him go? We'll get into that idea in art, in sports, and in my world of surgery. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. In the studio. We're back in the studio, Steve Paulette. Right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with Clappervision. Clappervision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. <laughs> Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. That makes me happy. Cheers.